I'm Dr. Michelle Thaller, and this is Orbital Path, a show from PRX about the cosmos and our place in it. So we're in the studio getting set up, and we've just called our guest, Dr. Ashley Davis, and I decide to show my producer some pictures of who we're going to be talking to today. Actually, that, that's him in Sudan. I oh, think. there there yeah, he is. That's right. So that's, let's see. I've got pictures of you in Antarctica, too. Yep, there you are. <laughs> what do you, what do yes. you have an Ashley Davies Pinterest? I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's a secret of my life. I, I have a Pinterest of all my favorite guys, and Ashley is one of them. We'll get back to Ashley in a second, because the reason I wanted to talk to him today is to tell the story of volcanoes. Everybody is somewhat familiar with volcanoes. If you've ever been to Hawaii, if you've been to the Pacific Northwest, you may have seen one. You've probably heard that they're dangerous. It's big news when a volcano erupts, or you hear about in history places like Pompeii that got buried by a volcanic eruption. But volcanoes are one of these things that we really take for granted. There's actually a much more intimate, direct connection to volcanism and and us. Volcanoes are some of the most amazing evidence that our planet is alive, that there's an active core, that there's molten rock down there. And this is more important than you might know because planets we see elsewhere in the solar system have kind of died away. Mars has become this cold, dead, shriveled up little desert Venus is this this hellscape, basically, where that's 800 degrees, this out-of-control greenhouse effect, thick atmosphere. And in both of these worlds, you don't have the same sort of active volcanism you do on the Earth. Volcanoes actually regulate our climate. In the early Earth, volcanoes were responsible for adding much of the gases into our atmosphere, including the carbon dioxide, which actually warms our atmosphere and allows liquid water to exist. And all of that carbon dioxide would have eventually gone away, you know, combined with rocks or actually combined with the water, until we would have frozen. And the reason we're here at all is this wonderful living planet that keeps bursting through the surface with lava and gas. And there are very few planets that we get to study up close. You know, obviously there's the Earth right under our feet, but then there are places like Mars and Venus and moving out into the solar system, the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. And we see volcanoes there too. And every time we learn something new about how volcanism works, that teaches us more about our own home planet. Our home used to have lots of volcanoes when the Earth was young billions of years ago. Is there anywhere like that today where that's still going on? Looking at space gives us more understanding of of what we're standing on right now. And one of the people that knows the most about volcanoes anywhere on this planet is Dr. Ashley Davis at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So thank you for joining me today, Ashley. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let me do that again. Thank you very much, Michelle. Let me do that again. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's a pleasure. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I love you, Ashley. I absolutely love you. (laughs) There's a reason I've got a Pinterest page of you. Ashley, when you talk about the fact that you are a volcanologist for NASA, I mean, for one thing, I think a lot of people don't realize that NASA employs people who are experts in volcanoes. How did this career come about? When I was in high school, two major events uh, shaped, my, shaped my career path. And the first was a massive volcanic eruption at Mount St. Helens in America, which I found to be um, quite extraordinary that there were these large volcanoes actually in the continental United States. And the second event that took place in, in 1979 was the discovery of active volcanoes on a tiny moon of Jupiter called Io. 
and this got this set me on the path to studying volcanoes both here on Earth and elsewhere in the solar system. Now, there's probably people out there that aren't really aware that there are volcanoes on other bodies besides the Earth. So, I mean, could you take us on a little tour of the solar system? What are some of your favorite volcanoes? <laughs> Volcanism has shaped the surfaces of all of the terrestrial planets, so from Mercury, Venus, Earth and Mars, uh, and the Moon. I mean, the biggest volcano in terms of, of size is found on Mars. This is Olympus Mons, uh, just a huge, huge volcanic construct. Uh, Mars is covered with a wide array of different uh, different lava flows. Uh, the moon has been intensely worked over with volcanic activity. And Io is probably my favorite. It, it has to be my favorite, my favorite body in the solar system. It is the most volcanically active body that, that, that's ever been seen. Uh, it is covered in hundreds of, of active volcanoes, spewing out large volumes of lava. And it's a great template for, for looking at processes that once shaped the surfaces of the terrestrial planets, um, but are long extinct here. But we can observe them there without the inconvenience of having to clean up after them. A lot of people here are, are familiar with the, the volcanoes that you've mentioned, things like Mount St. Helens, you know, uh, volcanoes that are going off in Iceland. You know, we hear about those on the news. You actually are one of the few people in the world who can pronounce that Icelandic volcano properly. What, what, what was the big eruption that happened? What was the name of that volcano? In 2010? Yes. Okay, do, do that again. <laughs> that is so great. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody else who can pronounce that. That's wonderful. The, the thing that surprises people, I think, is that there's volcanoes elsewhere in the solar system. And as you mentioned, what your, your, your favorite place is Io. Io has hundreds of active volcanoes. Now, Io is only about the size of our moon around the Earth. Isn't that correct? That is correct. And the great thing about Io is, the astonishing thing about Io is that it's volcanically active at all. Io is quite small, and as a small body, it, it should have lost a lot of its internal heat a long time ago, and so you were, was not expected to be volcanically active. But Io is caught in a gravitational tug of war between uh, itself and Jupiter and two other moons in the Jupiter system, Europa, which is covered in ice, and Ganymede. And, and so Io is, is continually being squeezed and twisted and just like repeatedly bending a piece of metal, uh, it, it generates a lot of energy and generates a lot of heat. So Io is being heated inside by these tidal forces and all of this internal heating manifests at the surface as all of these massive volcanoes and these large volcanic eruptions. It's really quite extraordinary. And, and just how large are some of these volcanoes that we're talking about? Uh, in terms of the thermal emission, the amount of energy being being emitted from each volcano, they are considerably larger by, by many, many times their contemporaries on Earth. Uh, the volumes of lava being erupted at Io's volcanoes dwarf the eruptions that are currently taking place here on Earth. And this gives us some, some, some vivid insights into, into how similar large eruptions, which were never observed because they took place millions or hundreds of millions of years ago, how these eruptions would have behaved on Earth and elsewhere on the terrestrial planets. 
one of the things that I always loved when I was would talk to you about the work that you do is that you make these incredibly d- difficult exotic trips on the Earth, and you study volcanism on the Earth, and and then you use this to better understand what you see happening in places like Io. You know, getting out into the field and getting out to an active volcano is actually probably the best part of the job to actually see how a volcano erupts and to observe the processes that uh, that are taking place. This is the ultimate test of your models, of course, uh, to, to go out and see if they actually reproduce what is happening uh, at, at an erupting volcano. Thinking about some of the extremes that you've experienced, everything from the, the cold of Antarctica, you've also been in some very, very hot places, including Africa. I, I think one of the volcanoes you study is in Ethiopia. Yes. Uh, a few years ago, I went out to a volcano called Erta Ale, which is in the uh, the northern end of the East African Rift System. This is where Africa is, is slowly pulling itself apart. Uh, and uh, in this very hot region of, of Ethiopia, there's this uh, volcano with uh, another persistent lava lake. And the composition of the lava at, uh, at Erta Ale is basalt, uh, the most common volcanic uh, material in, in the solar system, actually, and uh, probably a very good analog uh, uh, for, for what's happening in uh, a number of locations on, on Io. So uh, again, I went out there to, to study how the lava lake behaved and what the what the temperature and area distribution on the surface of the lava lake was and how this might present itself to spacecraft observing it from, from, from great distances, all to understand how best to observe volcanoes on Io to answer the big questions about composition and, and interior state of Io. Um, yes, it was, it was also incredibly hot out there because of, uh, of our schedule. We went out at a, uh, a rather hot time of the year and, and temperatures uh, were in excess of 133 Fahrenheit, about 50 centigrade. We were only there for a few days and uh, at the end of it we were pretty, pretty desiccated. But I, I didn't really realize that because I was just way too excited. I was enthralled by the sight of this, of this large lava lake. It was, it was about 55 meters across and it was boiling and bubbling away. Uh, it was quite, quite frankly, one of the most extraordinary sights I've ever seen. Um, and it was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. The whole area is, is this barren basalt desert. Um, and uh, uh, the lava lake itself is absolutely hypnotic. It's, it, it boils and roars and hisses and fizzes at you. And uh, I literally just sat there and just watched it for hours. Quite amazing. By studying volcanoes on Earth, we can better understand the data we get from Io. And by studying volcanoes on Io, it's, it's opening up a better understanding of what happened in, in the distant past of, of Earth's volcanic history. And another way that you might be very directly linked to volcanoes is that volcanism may be responsible for starting life on Earth in the first place. There are deep vents under the ocean where hot water rushes through the rock and minerals dissolve and there's all this wonderful chemistry that goes on. And everywhere we see this on the ocean floor, they call these black smokers, by the way, because of all the the mineral-rich water that comes out through these vents. Everywhere we see one of these, it's teeming with life. 
And that life can even be completely disconnected from the surface. I mean, just under the ocean, there are these wonderful little environments. Is this, in fact, where we all come from? And we realized that this may be happening in places other than the Earth. If there are places that are still warm out there and volcanically active, then if there's water, you could have the same sort of thing. You could have the same sort of minerals and hot water being delivered beneath an ocean floor and possibly starting life. And we think that these deep-sea vents may exist on some of the moons of the outer planets, particularly Europa. Europa is a, is a relatively small moon and it's covered in ice, um, but the ice shows cracks and fissures which indicate that the crust has been moving around and is, is disrupted. Um, and there's a lot of evidence to indicate that underneath this, this thick ice layer is a deep water ocean. And this raises an interesting, uh, the interesting possibility that uh, within Europa there might be the same processes taking place that could sustain an environment which could, which could uh, support life. Um, and this is why uh, Europa is, is, is now gathering so much, so much interest and why NASA is planning a major mission to, to examine it. Um, this could be the best place in the solar system where, where life could exist other than Earth. Now, a volcano on Pluto is probably going to act really differently than Earth-based volcanoes. For one thing, the temperature of this world is so low. It, it, it's hovering close to 400 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. And so water is as hard as rock. I mean, it's as hard as granite. And the ices that we see on the surface of Pluto are not water ices for the most part. They're actually methane and nitrogen ice. So this is a world where water kind of takes the place of lava. And we call these types of volcanoes cryovolcanoes. And, and, and the word cryo means frozen. So they're actually based on, on frozen water ice lava. And the lava is oozy, and it can actually flow out and create lava plains and all of this. Just like we think of rock lava here on Earth, on Pluto, you could have water ice lava. But whether a volcano is based on water ice or on rock lava, it's alive. It means that there's something going on underneath the planet that's actually keeping this world changing and dynamic, and that's the important part. Now, Ashley, knowing the wonderful enthusiasm you have for your work, I would guess that one of the things that really drives you is the drama of volcanoes. Yeah, there's something very exciting about watching volcanoes erupt. Um, and I think that that's, that must be a, a large part of my fascination for them. It's a, it's a primal, primal force of nature. And uh, I think at some level that really, uh, I really find that uh, quite fascinating. One of the things I really envy about Ashley is he's actually been to all of these volcanoes. He's actually watched these lava lakes explode. He's, he's stood on the rims of the craters. And that must be incredibly inspiring. He is also telling the story of how connected we are to these volcanoes. I mean, they're an example of our planet being dynamic, alive. And the story doesn't end at Earth. There are other volcanoes out there, and even different sorts of volcanoes, like cryovolcanoes based on, on, on ice. So that's an amazing story to tell about how a planet stays alive, about how volcanism can create environments where life can take hold. So the drama of volcanoes is actually the drama of your life story as well. You're far more connected to these than you may ever have thought.
mission to the stars has been commanded by Lauren Ober, John Barth and Genevieve Sponsor co-pilot from the PRX mothership. Erica Kramer navigated the soundscape, and Jim Briggs orchestrated the theme music. Special thanks to the studios of WAMU in Washington, D.C., Planet Earth. We are supported by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More information at sloan.org. And I'm Dr. Michelle Thaller, a little bit of dead stardust, signing off for now.